We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Live Sunday nights, this is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Want to remind you, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. You'll find podcast links to all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook and Truth Social pages. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. Our Laura Kelly theme song, as appropriate for a discussion of uh, upcoming Elections and election integrity, the filing deadline to run for state legislature and all statewide offices, for that matter, ended Friday at noon. To the surprise of many election watchers, there were a number of incumbent legislators who, because they have no opponents, were effectively reelected last Friday. Joining us now to walk us through some of the statewide filings is Representative Blake Carpenter, from House District 81, former chair of the House Elections Committee. Blake, uh, thank you for joining us this evening, and congratulations. You're one of those lucky guys that, that didn't draw an opponent, so you just got reelected. Well, thank you for having me on, John. And, uh, yeah, I got to say, this is uh, the first time. Yep, yeah. Uh, and it's it's an interesting feeling. Um little usually, usually uh, going into election night, everyone's biting their nails. You just have no clue how it's going to turn out and if it's going to be good, bad, what the numbers are going to be. And then you find out, what, six, seven months prior to the November election that you won. It's, it's just, it's interesting. Yeah, it'll, it might make uh, election watch parties a little less, a little anticlimactic for some, but... Yes, but that's okay, because we can be there to support our friends who right. kick the whatever out of a Democrat. That's true, and there's going to be some of that. Uh, let's look a little bit at the, at the, we'll start at the top. Um, and this is, I don't know if people are even aware, Jerry Moran has a, a primary, if you can call it a, a, call it a primary. And, and I, I think her name's Farr. Um, but this is an interesting one because she's, she's registered as a Republican to run here in Kansas for U.S. Senate, but she's also simultaneously running for Senate in Oklahoma. Is that right? Uh, yes, that is correct. It's the first time I think that I've seen this uh, happen. I, I don't. Is that, it's legal, right? 
Yeah, so with the Senate, if you have residency, um, you're allowed to run in that state. So uh, Ms. Farr has residency in both states and has the ability to file in both states. If you're running for the U.S. Congress, as far as the House goes, uh, you actually don't even need to live in the district. And as a matter of fact, I've, I've heard that there's a lot of uh, New York uh, Democrat reps that are in that situation right now because the lines kind of got moved on them. And they're like, oh, well, I'm still running for my old district, but, but I'm not live living there. in it. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently they're going to be moving into those districts, I guess, here before long. But it, it's it's just it's an interesting it's an interesting race. I just I've never heard of someone running. I guess it's a way to hedge your bets, you know. But what happens if she wins both? I mean, she's not going to beat Jerry Moran, but if she wins both, then then what do they do? Then they got a real pickle on their hands. I have no idea. I haven't I, even thought I, about I, that. It's, I mean, it's just so obscure. <laughs> the, the, it's just odd. Um, Ron Estes doesn't have a Republican. He has a Democrat, but it's an obscure. I mean, it's James it's, Thompson. It's a new. It's a no name. Kind of knew him. This guy, I mean, I, I didn't even know who this guy is, so I think Ron Estes is going to be safe. Well, you know, John, they had to file a sacrificial lamb in some way, <laughs> shape, or form, so I guess that's this individual. Yeah, well, and, and that's that's sort of, you know, if you look, and we'll get to the, maybe we'll, after the break, maybe we'll look at the, at the state house. Um, it's a bad year to be a Democrat running for office. I mean, Joe Biden's dragging you down. Laura Kelly's dragging you down. Um, so, I, but you're right, they did try to find somebody. Um Let's look at the statewide races. You've got three secretary of state, state treasurer, and attorney general. Those are all going to be, I mean, they all have primaries. I don't think the Democrats are going to win once we get to the general, but all three of those primaries are somewhat interesting. As to what you said earlier, John, it's one of those deals of, I think Republicans are in a strong position this year. The economy sucks. Um, I think that we all know that Joe Biden is the one that's responsible for, for it based on his just horrible policies in general. And then also, you know, Laura Kelly is going to be dragging the Democrats down as well because yeah. she's going to be sucking up a lot of funding. Um, she's going to be trying to win her reelection for governor um, against Derek Schmidt. And to be honest, a lot of the lower seats, Democrats just don't care about those. They want that executive office because they want that power. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how much funding these other uh, statewide offices actually get because she's just going to be sucking up all that money. Well, and the sponge. other thing that's interesting is she's running from her base, and yet they need the, the slower offices need the base in order to get elected. Laura Kelly is counting on her base, and she's trying to court Republicans. So she's actually running counterintuitively to their base. Yeah. So she's annoying them because she's doing things they don't want. Well, and here's another problem, John. Now, don't get my comments misconstrued because Laura Kelly does have a path to victory here. Yeah. And how that's going to be possible for her is uh, this last week, a state senator up in Hiawatha, I believe, um, changed his party affiliation from Republican to Independent. And he's going to try to run for governor as an independent. And he, the problem is, is that if if he's able to suck up five to seven percent of the votes, there's a good chance we could have Laura Kelly for another four years. And it's it's I can't believe he's doing this. It's just absolutely horrible that he's even considering this. And then I bet you in two years when he's wanting to run for state senate again, he switches back to the Republican Party. Yeah, no, you're right. It's Dennis Pyle is who we're talking about. And I've I actually talked to Dennis. When the filing came out, when he announced it, we're going to probably, I mean, he, I don't know. I have not decided whether or not we'll have him on the show, to be honest. But I talked to him, asked him why he was doing this, and he gave me his official reasons that he, when he issued his press release, which was, you know, he's got a litany of, uh, it's a principled yada, yada, yada. 
But I asked him if he felt that this was just a spoiler campaign and that he was, you know, going to just take votes away from Derek Schmidt. He does not. He says he doesn't believe that. I don't see any path for Pyle to win. And the way I see it, every vote that he gets is a Schmidt vote. There's no Laura Kelly voters that are going to buy that Dennis Pyle's a true independent and are going to vote for him over, over her. Correct. But hey, you know what? Laura Kelly might be just so grateful for him that she might even just give him a job in the administration after this. <laughs> wow. Okay. So don't pull any punches. I, I'm not. I mean, it's it's absolutely pathetic that he's deciding to do this. I mean, it's a it's a lot like uh Senator John Dahl out in western Kansas when he when he did something very similar with Greg Orman just four years ago, and Greg Orman, what, took 10% of the vote, and now we have Laura Kelly as our governor. Yeah. The difference there was at least Greg Orman is an independent. Yeah, I guess that's true, yeah, at least. I mean, at least De- Dennis Pyle is a Republican. Dennis Pyle's right of us. I mean, Th- Dennis true. Pyle makes you and I look like moderates. He's very right. It's it's true. It's just it's very unfortunate that, that he's going out and doing this and ultimately opening a small window up for Laura Kelly to win when we could completely remove her from the second floor of the Capitol building. Yeah, and in all likelihood, that's what's going to happen. I don't foresee, you know, him impact. I hope he doesn't impact it that much. And maybe he'll, you know, clear cooler heads will prevail, and maybe they'll talk him out of it. But if he stays on there and he can pull enough votes from Derek, he could make this a, a real you know, a real ball game. Well, if if he's if he or anybody in his campaign's listening at this point, I would just encourage him to to pull out because um and, and just you know let's let's all work towards getting Derek elected at this point and and you know I think that he can still be successful in the state senate. However, um I think if he goes through with this and Derek does lose, um, it's just. I don't see how people are going to work with him. Again, no, honestly. I think Republicans will lay it squarely at his feet. If, if especially if he pulls five to seven or eight or ten percent of the vote, that's that's all votes that are coming from Derek Schmidt. We had a, I don't know if you you weren't at Pachyderm on Friday. It was a great Pachyderm forum with uh, with the three candidates for Attorney General. Uh, that's going to be an interesting race again. Regardless, I know there are those who think that you know one candidate or another may not be able to win the general. I think that's bogus. I don't care who we elect as our candidate. They're going to beat the Democrat in November. But it's an interesting race between those three, Tony Mativi, Kelly Warren, and Chris Kobach. I think that's an interesting race. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, I think Kelly Warren just, I think she's the first to do ad buys of about $20,000 here on on TV. However, um, Chris Kobach has, I think, like $400,000 or something like that. So I, I think we're going to start seeing ad buys from him here in the near future as well. And to be honest, you know, out of out of those three, um, I think I think Chris, he knows it, and I think everybody else knows it. He has a lot of name recognition. Everybody kind good of— Good and bad. Yeah, good yeah. and bad. Everybody knows who he is. And so it's going to take a lot of money and effort from those other candidates in order to boost their profiles um, to, to catch up and, and potentially beat them. And um, the same thing with the Secretary of State race um, in that we have an incumbent— in Scott Schwab, the difference is I don't know how many people know who Scott Schwab Granted, no, people don't know who Mike Brown is, but I don't know how many people actually know who Scott Schwab is. Well, uh, Scott is, is not Chris Kobach. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, that is true. So uh, so I, I would say that uh, Scott has uh, been you know putting nose to the grindstone, um, just trying to make sure that uh, you know all of the election issues uh, from 2020 um, are kind of behind us and making sure that uh, he's he's him and his office have been working on legislation these past few years uh, to really shore up our election security because 
it's never a complete job. And so he's been working towards it. Um, so maybe he hasn't been out there and been flashy about it, but he, he has been uh, getting a lot done. And then in the treasurer's race, you've got a state senator versus a, a house rep. So that's an interesting race, too, because, again, not a whole lot of statewide name IDs. So those two are going to have to get out and introduce themselves to voters. Yeah, it, that one's, I think, a toss-up. I, I, I have no clue who's going to Karen Tyson, Stephen Jobs. We've had yeah. both on the show, and now we'll start having more and more of these candidates on again. But I think both Tyson and Johnson need to introduce themselves to voters. Yeah, exactly, because uh, I just don't know, like you said, how much uh, name ID they actually have outside their legislative districts at this point I, in time. That's that's going to be the problem. I think a lot of these are going to have. Blake, we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll talk about uh, the House races and talk a little bit about you got a new gig, new job, uh, working in election integrity with Value Them Both. We'll talk about that when we come back. All right, sounds good. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's Number one talk will be back right after this. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Of course, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook and Truth Social pages. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. With us still in studio is Representative Blake Carpenter. So you're one of the... Um, there, I think it was like eight, nine, something like that, reps that don't have uh, an opponent. So you didn't get a primary, you didn't get a general, which means I didn't file or find somebody uh, to run against you. I, I knew I, there's something I forgot to do. Um, so by virtue of that, assuming unless somebody <laughs> tries to mount a write-in campaign, you just got reelected. Um, there's down here in Sedgwick County, there are still a few interesting races, though. The uh, seat that was Democrat seat. Elizabeth Bishop, um, that seat's one that we could uh, we, we might be able to, to flip from blue to red, though, right? Yeah, so Sandy Pickert is the person who's running uh, in that seat. And as a matter of fact, uh, two years ago, she ran a write-in campaign um, against, against the Democrat and uh, just, just felt a little shy. However, this year she, uh, she is on the ballot, and uh, that district is, is winnable. Um, it's, it's really... It's going to be a difficult race, and I would say that that's probably one of the most difficult races that we're going to have here in Sedgwick County as far as uh, Republican versus Democrat goes because the the district breakout is about a third, a third, a third. So what I mean by that is it's a third Republican, a third Democrat, and a third unaffiliated. And so because of that makeup, it you just really don't know how this race is going to play out. And so I would imagine that there's going to be a lot of time and effort spent in that race by a lot of individuals. Um, but that used to be held by Republicans, and then it's been held by Democrats. It tends to go back and forth. It goes back and forth, typically, in that district. And that, that district, for those of you uh, that aren't, aren't aware, is down in um, what would be southeast Wichita. And so that's where that's going to take place. And it has gone from Republican to Democrat, Republican to Democrat, historically. However, these past few election cycles, the Democrats have solidly held it. It's a this, and we kind of alluded to it earlier, it's going to be a, a red cycle. It's a it's a red wave. I think nationally here in Kansas, I think that's why you didn't see a lot of Dems file. I mean, obviously, there's chaos in the Kansas Democratic Party. They're 
party chair is, or executive director rather is embroiled in this scandal with the harassment and the hostile work environment accusations. You got Laura Kelly, who's underwater, Joe Biden, who's got an approval rating in the 30s. So obviously it's probably was just tough for them to recruit. Do you think that's why they didn't get a lot of filings? Is I mean, who wants to file and lose? Yeah, you know, I think that the, a lot of those take into effect um, why we didn't see many Democrat filings here in Cedric County. Um, we do still have about seven races that we definitely need to work towards helping those Republicans get elected down here. Um, but honestly, they were so desperate that they were sending out mass text messages to Democrat Party members. Um, they, they they were just blasting people and going, hey, have you ever thought about running for office? We have a job for you. And We have a $9 an hour job for you. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, you know, they still were unable to recruit in a lot of these districts. And so it, there is a lot of dysfunction right now in the, in the Kansas Democrat Party. And I think that that's also going to carry through. This November. So what are the key House races you think, I mean, what are the ones that we folks should be looking at? If they want to volunteer, they want to get involved. Where do you think we should focus? So I've already mentioned one of them, Sandy Pickert. And then also here's here's some of the other ones. Um, if you have this person in your district, uh, you know, definitely help them out with the yard sign. Maybe go door knocking. Give, you know, 20 bucks even helps. Um, and so the other people who are, are running against Democrats this year in our area are Leo Delperdang, Emil Berquist, Susan Estes, uh, Brenda Landwehr, Leah Howell, and Patrick Penn. So all of those people, if you live in their districts or you know them, uh, help them out because they definitely need it. Yeah, and those are and they're all solid conservatives except for Leo. Leo's kind of crazy. We, you know, we Leo. Oh, he's going to text me now. I bet oh, the, yeah, fo- the phone is going to ring because he listens. <laughs> he sits out on his porch and he listens. I guarantee you, he's he's texting right now or, or figuring out how he's going to get back at me. But Leo is the one. Maybe we should vote for the Le- for the Democrat there. Can- uh, no, I'm going to. Leo's a good conservative. I, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, no, Leo's a good conservative. He's great. Don't don't listen to John on that one, folks. <laughs> We love Leo. We love Leo. But no, you're right. That's a, those are all solid conservatives. Um, I don't think there's, I mean, none of those are really in jeopardy. I don't think the D's have a shot at any of those seats. The numbers are all probably, those are solid Republican districts, aren't they? Um, You know, you just, I mean, I mean you yes, don't want to take anything for granted. You don't want to take anything for granted. It, it is looking like it's going to be a red wave. However, uh, like I said, Sandy, she's in a really tough, that's going to be a tough race. Even though it's going to be a red wave, um, the Democrat, he's been telling people he's conservative and and that he you know supports Second Amendment or whatever. When sure. He, he says something on the doorstep that's completely counter to what he actually does, supposedly, up in, in Topeka. So that's that's kind of what I've been hearing on that one. So if you got somebody who's not telling the full truth at the doorsteps, it, it could potentially tip the scales in that in that effect. Um, also, Brenda Landwehr. I mean, that's also another fairly tough district um, that, you know, yes, there's a there's a Republican advantage, but it's it's not going to be a slam dunk either. Well, and, and they're new candidates, too, for even though she's been in there for a year, well, not even a year, a term. Leah Howell is effectively a new representative running in a new district down there to Jesse Burris's old district. Yep. Now, granted, her opponent, I mean, talk about a left wing Wackadoodle. I mean, that's her, what her, I'm hearing. Her, de- I've looked at her dem, her dem opponent's Twitter feed. This lady is all about gun control, and there's there's a abortion rights advocates. This lady is actually pro-abortion. I Correct. Mean, she she's makes, not pro-choice. She right. says she is pro-abortion. She is pro-abortion. She's she's radically cur- to the left. So that may help Leah at least. Yeah, it will. And I mean, another one that's going to be uh, pretty close or you know really hard is uh, Susan Estes as well. That's also another one that we typically tend to have to work pretty hard in as yeah. well. 
So you got a new gig. I want to talk to you about that real quick. I know we're up on the break coming up, but uh, you've got a new gig. You started a, like a part-time job working for the Value Them Both, working with the Value Them Both Coalition, correct? Yeah, so I'm currently uh, the director for uh, Election Integrity and Voting Rights Project for Kansans for Life. So what that entails is that I am out trying to help people uh, register to vote, um, also get out the vote. And and then if anybody has any questions or concerns about election integrity or how they're able to vote and just what the measures are in order to protect their vote um, by Election Day are, is. So it's one of those deals of if anybody wants to reach out and has questions about, well, you know, the Dominion voting machines or, the, you know, there's a report that recently came out that the machines are hackable, all this type of stuff. Well, the thing is, is that I'll leave you with this real quick. Those machines, we have something that's here in the state of Kansas called Voter Verified Paper Audit Trail, VVPAT. And that's in all 105 counties. So when you walk in to vote, and I'm sure you've used uh, these election machines oh, in yeah. 2020, there's a little rectangular piece of paper that you feed into the machine. You make your selections, and you hit print. And it prints it off for you. You see who you selected, and then you walk it across the room, drop it into the scanner, and that drops it into a secure lockbox. Well, people are saying, well, those machines that you voted on are you know, hackable. They're all this other stuff. Well, the thing is, is that there's no data on those machines. They're just glorified ink pens. And so, yeah, you're making your selections on those machines, but it doesn't actually hold any data on it. You're walking your physical ballot across the room and dropping it into a secure lockbox. And there's an electronic copy that's made of that so that, you know, we have electronic records of it. But then also after election day, when we are, when the election folks are going in and counting votes, um, they go back and audit 1% of the precincts. So if there's 800 precincts in Wichita, that's eight precincts that are going to be randomly chosen and they're going to look at those physical ballots and bump that number against the 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 uh, computer generated numbers. And in 2020, when they did that, there was no issues with with those here in Cedric County or any of the other 105 counties. So moving forward, we still have that in place. If folks have questions, obviously it's Carpenter for Kansas. But if they want to reach out to you on election integrity, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Three one six. 202-5498 is the phone number. And then the email is integrity at kfl.org. Integrity at kfl.org. Blake, best of luck again. Well, good luck with the new gig. How's that? Coming up, we'll be joined after the break by Senator Roger Marshall. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show. We'll be back right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.